0: Someone asked the question, my drum smoker won't get hot enough. Well, hey, today we're going to talk about that. We all run into those scenarios where our cooker won't get above a certain temp or we struggle to get it there. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to cover that. Hey, you're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Cox. You're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. And, uh, you know, on the last episode, episode number 10, uh, we talked about how to, how to light your ugly drum smoker, how to get it started, right? A, a very basic startup sequence. And, uh, you know, we're kind of going through a series here about, you know, from different issues. You know, it won't get hot enough. It gets too hot. Um, and then, you know, it fluctuates all over the place, different stuff like that, or wind issues. And so, you know, we're, we're taking these uh, episode at a time. And on today's episode, we're going to run through the scenario where it won't get hot enough. You know, we've built thousands and thousands of these drums and cooked on just as many probably. And uh, overall, the Ugly Drum Smoker is our absolute favorite cooker, period. I think, you can, I think you can kind of understand that as much as we cook on them. But um, anyway, the good thing about an Ugly Drum is it really, really, really is easy to run those things if they're built properly. When you get into issues that they're that they're uh, tough to run or they won't get below a certain temp or it's hard to cook low and slow on them or they always want to cook hot or they won't cook hot, then it's it's got something to do with construction or the way that you're starting the cooker up. So today we're going to talk about some of those issues. But as you've been listening to our podcast, you kind of know something about me. I like to cover the very basics first. I like to make sure we all have an even starting place and uh you know so we're going to go with this here from the perspective of a of a new to barbecue guy that uh just got his ugly drum and uh maybe he built it himself whatever and we're just going to cover some basic construction so whenever we're building ugly drums there by the way there is no wrong way to build an ugly drum they can be just you know burn barrel ugly or they can be you know beautiful works of art and uh I'm sure you've seen a lot of different pictures of them. And there's all different scenarios of air inlets and exhaust and baskets and all these things. And we don't disagree with any of those. The thing is, is does it work for you? That's the thing. So, but what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to talk about the two ways that we have built them that we've had the best success with. So if you use a different method or someone gave you one with a different style of air inlets and stuff, don't stress out. Um, you know, it's, it's okay. They're, they'll work fine. Um, but the way that we recommend building them, um, mostly because we've, we've made it easy for people to build ugly drums using our parts, um, over the years. And so the way we're going to tell you here first is we have parts available at smokerbuildermfg.com. And when you get on there, you're going to notice that a majority of our air inlets are an inch and a half ID. And those air inlets, uh, we've basically been using those for years because they're the best. That that size, you can use one of those or you can use two of those. In most applications, if you're less than 2,000 feet elevation, one of those will perform the entire range of temperature cooking you want. We put two of them on there simply for cosmetic You know, just make it look right, make it balance out. Um, Truth be known, you don't need two of them. Um, The other way that you can do this on the air inlets is a lot of guys just drill a hole and put a magnet over it, like those floppy business card magnets. Or you can do like uh, ball valves and pipe nipples. If you do that, um, you're going to want to start with four of the three-quarter inch pipe nipples or three of the one-inch pipe nipples. We used to put a ball valve on one of them, and the rest of them we'd have pipe caps on it just to save some money. And then you control your temperature using those. Now, when it gets to exhaust, um, the universal standard has been a 2-inch all these years. Why do we use a 2-inch exhaust? Well, honestly, the old lids used to have a 2-inch bung in it that's 2-inch pipe thread. And we, it was just easy just to screw something in there. As a matter of fact, I used to not even screw anything in there at all. I would just take the cap out, and when I'm done cooking, put the cap back in. Like I said, there is no wrong way to do this. Our, uh, our air inlets and smokestacks are designed because they work the way they are, because they work the best that way. The next component of construction is a charcoal basket. Now, smaller baskets aren't going to burn as long, bigger baskets are going to burn longer. You know, round, square, It doesn't matter. We we'd have no preference on that. Um, You can get the 1440 from Lava Lock. That's a fantastic charcoal basket we designed for them. Or you can get the square ones that we make. The the thing is, is what makes you happy. If you're building one yourself, we've built them everywhere from 10 inches to uh, 14 inches in diameter. And uh, the bigger they are, the more charcoal they hold. The one key component to a charcoal basket that you must have is some kind of legs under it to get the burned, the burning, you know, the bottom of the coal bed up off the bottom of the drum smoker. Now, um, if you have these bases covered, you'll be fine. Now, we recommend on the bottom of the charcoal basket that it needs to be three, four inches up off the bottom. That way, when the ash renders, it doesn't block off the bottom of the charcoal basket. Um, now, there's a lot of accessories that you can put in here to help control temperature and stuff like that and airflow and the drum and things like that. So when it comes to airflow, we're going to talk first about the open design. Now what that means is is that we've just got this open barrel and we just put the charcoal basket in the bottom of it and you've got your air inlets and your exhaust and a cooking rack and maybe that's it. You might even have a thermometer in there. but those would be the basic requirements in order to have an operational chart or an ugly drum smoker. So in an open design, the air comes in the bottom, and we're simply relying on the charcoal bed to literally suck the amount of air it wants for complete combustion. That's it. The downfall to an open design in, a, in an ugly drum is you're going to have a hard time controlling that air that comes in because as Mother Nature starts to heat this barrel up, just like your flue on your wood furnace or your chimney at the house, it's going to start to suck faster velocity through that drum. So we wind up having to use our smokestack damper to choke it down in order, to, in order to reduce the volume of air that goes into the drum and somewhat get some control over our temperature. What you're going to find with this is you're going to see some temp zones develop inside the barrel. You're going to have like the left-hand side of the rack will be hotter than the right-hand side of the rack, things like that. Not a huge deal. You can compensate for that in your cooking style. You know, the, the the downfall is is when you get wind currents that are blowing across this drum, it can be a pain to deal with that in there. So what we did is we made them to where those air inlets come up. That was the first modification that that we started using. It, other people had done it, but, you know, we incorporated that into our design. And we noticed that whenever the air inlets come up, it reduces the amount of wind that blows directly into or directly across at the base of the barrel where, uh, you know, where our combustion air is coming in the drum. And that gave us a little bit more control over that. The next thing we decided to do, of course, everybody was saying heat shield, heat shield. We don't want to ruin our paint jobs. And back in the day, you know, our pride got in the way and we were like, ah, you don't need that. But we decided to incorporate that into our design. Um, back in the day, we had a company called Iron Man Cookers and, and we started putting the heat shield in there and because uh, we kept getting requests for it. Well, we noticed that you got to have air that comes in the air inlets that has to get inside the heat shield somehow to get to the charcoal basket. So we put holes around the bottom and that really didn't really work. So what we did is we made like a tunnel inside there to where when, the, when you, you had to line this heat shield up because it was removable and the air would come in through those tunnels into the heat shield. And boy, did that dramatically increase cook time and efficiency and able to control that cooker. So the heat shield became the first major component in our design to uh, get control over this air pattern inside the drum. Next, you know, one of the things I, I was struggling with back in the day, and you may have seen this yourself, is like if you have a pork butt that you've injected with a lot of juice, you know, whatever it is, and you set that thing on the middle in the in the cooking rack, and we've got this charcoal basket directly below it, And when the uh, juice would start to render out of that pork butt, it would just rain on the charcoal basket to a point where it like literally would put the fire out. Like we'd have to shake the drum and get the the charcoal basket broke loose because the air would stop. It would like glue the top layer of charcoal shut, the fat would. So we started putting just a flat piece of metal on top of the charcoal basket and called it a baffle. Now, people probably been doing that for a long time, you know, pizza pans and different junk like that. But we actually made a baffle. We, we made a round plate. Ours was just flat with a handle on it. And, uh, you know, over time we noticed that mm, this makes a huge difference in not only flavor, but, but control of the cooker. So we started experimenting with different kinds of wheels and different patterns and stuff like that. That's when we came up with our adjustable baffle plate because we figured that, you know, how do you really know really how much restriction you need on top of the charcoal basket to get control of this thing? And we wanted to block off the area between the heat shield and the drum more efficiently. So we just made the heat shield taller and made the plate where it sits right on top. And then we could adjust this pinwheel-style baffle a little bit more closed, a little bit more closed, a little bit more closed until we find the perfect spot. We discovered that if you're below 2,000 feet elevation, that uh, that baffle plate adjusted to the exactly the 30% open spot and then just tighten it down. That's like the best place for this damper. I literally, it was 32 degrees outside, I literally had a 38-hour burn time on that with that scenario So the next thing we decided to do is add this thing called a block-off plate. It's a round plate with a square hole in it. It's got a square hole because our fire basket is square. And so what that did, we put that inside the heat shield, and it's about three inches above the bottom of the charcoal basket coal bed. And what the intention was there is that when the air came into the heat shield, we want to force all of that air to go through the coal bed hundred percent. We don't want no combustion air going around the charcoal basket due to mother nature and the chimney effect. So we put that plate in there, dropped our basket in it. Wow. Did it, did it change things? It's amazing. So what we call that, when you get that entire system there, we call that fully loaded. So I prefer to cook on a drum smoker that's fully loaded. It's got a heat shield. It's got a baffle plate. It's got a block off plate. It's got a good square charcoal basket with all the air holes down below. And we don't have any on the new Draftmaster. We don't have any holes above that block off plate. This way that once the air comes up, the, the, the warm air mass from the coal bed, it comes up and hits the bottom of that baffle plate. And the baffle plate gives some restriction there. That prevents it from just blasting straight up the way Mother Nature intended. And uh, we're going to wind up with a nice, evenly distributed air pattern through that baffle. Now, that's not a cheap part. (laughs) So we decided to make a cheaper version. That's where the fire dial came from. And then later on, we made that for Lava Lock. And then later on, after the fire dial came, the Super Tuner. We just released that not long ago. And the Super Tuner is designed to be, you know, affordable, affordable. And a better version of a pizza pan, <laughs> because you can adjust it. <laughs> so anyway, we like adjustable things. The next thing we're going to get into here is is, let's just say that you don't have all of this stuff in there. Okay, you don't have the the fully loaded drum. We're dealing with the open design. So we're going to get into some adjustments. Keep your charcoal chimney handy. You're going to need this. Okay, so let's say we're cooking outside. And we've got our open design inside of our drum. And it's just a charcoal basket sitting in there. There's no baffle. we got the cooking grate on it. And we've got some kind of air inlets at the bottom, whether it just be holes that you drilled and magnets you're moving, or it's got the pipe nipple design, or you're using air inlets that we make. We're going to have to do something to slow the air down once it gets into the, the, the bottom of that drum. We want to have it convecting in there. We don't want it to just come in and blast straight up and exit the barrel. That's that's going to cause trouble. So if it won't get hot enough, that means that you don't have enough combustion air, or it could be quite the opposite. You've got way too much, and your drum is just, all the cold air is just rising up to the top and skipping the coal bed, right? So in order to get control of that scenario, actually, let me go one more step. Watch your air inlets when you have this trouble because if you have a downdraft in the drum, you'll see a little poof of blue smoke come out your air inlet. Pay attention to that because that can also be, even though you're burning through charcoal and your 12 pounds of charcoal only lasts like you know 10 hours or 5 hours or something like that, it's got nothing to do with, the, with you don't have enough fuel. It's all draft 100%. You've literally got air drafting downwards, which is causing the smoke and the and the the warm air mass to, like, poof out the air inlets. It's a downdraft scenario. How do you fix that? Okay, we're going to take the charcoal chimney, and we're going to take it and turn it upside down on top of your exhaust on the drum. Why would we do that? Well, because what that does is if you ever look at, at flues on chimneys or furnaces at your house or whatever it is, You'll see this weird-looking contraption on there that's got a bunch of louvers in it and, uh, like, like screen in there and stuff like that, and it's got this weird cap design. That's called a high-wind cap, and that, that actually turbulates the air as it goes across that exhaust and keeps it from just sucking like a bottle or blowing down, like when you blow across a bottle. I always say that, and I never explain. You get an open soda bottle, and you blow across it, directly across it, and it literally pulls a vacuum on that on that soda bottle and that's what's happening inside your drum it's either sucking up or the air's blowing directly into the the barrel so if you put that high wind that chimney upside down over your exhaust that will change the game for you 100% the next thing you got to look at is your air inlets down below is the air blowing directly across them or is it uh, blowing directly into it because either way will mess you up so you want to rotate your drum and, and get it, you know, stick burner guys just take this for granted, but you want to turn that drum and get the wind, you know, where it's perpendicular, not perpendicular, but blowing at a, a quartering towards or quartering uh, against instead of blowing directly into it. So what if you've got baffles and you're having a hard time getting, you've got the baffles, you might have the entire deal and you're still having a hard time getting your uh, uh, getting your temp up. Okay. Well, we want to make sure, first of all, that our air inlets are big enough. If you're using like pipe nipples, like I said before, I've seen guys use one, uh, like just one three quarter inch or two, three quarter inch pipe nipples. While in some scenarios that might be enough, but if you're at higher elevations, it's not going to be enough (laughs) higher elevations. The air is less dense. Therefore it has less oxygen in it. Therefore it's going to burn lower. And, uh, if you ever want to test that theory, try cooking on a stick burner. <laughs> it totally changes the game. So when you got your ugly drum and you're 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 having trouble, you're you're burning through charcoal and you've got the fully loaded deal and all of that stuff, and you just don't understand why your fire keeps going out or you're not running hot enough, it's gonna have something to do with your air inlets or your exhaust. Either your exhaust isn't big enough or your air inlets aren't. Now, even if you did make your air inlets big enough, let's say that you don't clean your drum very often. I've seen it where ash buildup and grease buildup get inside the air inlet, especially on uprights. So you want to keep your drum clean. You want to make sure that those tubes are, are not blocked with, with whatever got into them when you was hauling the drum last or whatever it is. And uh, just keep your air pattern in mind. If you have a heat shield but you don't have a baffle plate to block off the edge between the heat shield and the drum, this will also cause that problem. The, the heat shield, our heat shield that you buy from smokerbuildermfg.com requires a baffle plate. Just keep that in mind. You can use the baffle plate without a heat shield, but you can't use a heat shield without a baffle plate. you got to have it to block off the edge so that the air is forced into the charcoal basket. Anyway, I hope that helps. Uh, Give you a few tips there. Shoot us a message on uh, either Smoker Builder MFG Facebook page. We'd sure like to hear feedback from you on our Ask form. And uh, you can get there from ask.thebbqculture.net. And uh, when you go on there, it's just going to ask for your email address so we know how to reach you. And uh, it's going to have you put your full name. That way we know your name because names don't match email addresses. And then it's going to have a little field off to the right. And all you got to do is, is just put your question in there, put your comments in there. And if you like the show, leave us a review. Till next time, light a fire, invite somebody, convert them to the barbecue culture. See ya.